Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service, 501-562-2293, family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. I must tell you, we have a new edition. Actually, it will be on Monday, but today, fresh off of a trip to Dallas, he is a working man, but Tyler Wilson will be joining us each and every Monday. Well, we're getting warmed right. up here. Uh, there you go. Randy, I'm, I'm in studio. First time. We got a Marilyn Monroe picture up here. We got a 10, a ten days. They'll kick off behind me for oh, Arkansas 60, football. 60. Oh, Somebody oh, can't well, write very well. well I, yeah, and, I'm, and I guess I can't do math well. I should know that, right? But uh, this is great being here. Trey, I'm glad you're on with us. Yeah, good to be on with you, Tyler. Feels like yesterday I was covering you. <laughs> It, it, time, time flies, doesn't it? Absolutely. When well, you use the word cover, I'm thinking, well, I don't think, Trey, Tyler was running pass patterns, and I don't think you were playing in coverage, defensive <laughs> coverage, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, That's our yeah. term of saying, oh, we cover him. All right, Trey, what <laughs> what happened today? It was what, number 11? Is that uh, right? Uh, 12 today. 12. 12, 12 today, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they got, I think, 14 total practices. Uh, of of camp and well i mean it's hard to say anything too dramatically new happened randy uh the, i think the good news was poo paul was back out there you know he wasn't didn't look like he was quite 100 percent. i don't know if he's going to scrimmage on saturday or not but it was good to see him back out there um still no devon manual so i, I think probably probably not going to see him saturday i guess unless he could go friday then maybe maybe we'll see him out there uh as far as Things that jumped out today, you know, I will say Jalen Lewis continues just to kind of show up here and there. We, we just keep seeing Jalen Lewis pop up here and there. And that was a guy that, you know, I've said a few times here recently, I, you know, I don't think he's one of the five best defensive backs that they have out there, but I think he's an up-and-comer. Um, so uh, it's good to see him because they don't have a whole lot of depth at the hog spot, with their, the nickel spot, what they're calling hog, uh, behind Snacks Johnson. So good to see him kind of coming along. You know, talking with Dan Enos afterwards, you don't hear a lot of like, this is what I've kind of noticed with, with the coaches here lately. You don't hear a lot of, well, we got it, you know, when we, once we get the timing down, once we get this together, they're just, the way they talk about this team, the wide receivers, the defensive line to a man, I mean, they seem pretty confident. I mean, you, you learn over the years how to judge, you know, coach, coach speak and, you know, how players are, you know, kind of coached to also talk to the media. But you, you just get a different vibe from how they talk about this team, uh, you know, just kind of reading between the lines and stuff. And it was good to talk to Dan Enos because we hadn't talked to him since – I don't think we talked to him in the spring. Uh, I think it's been since he was, he was hired. Uh, but – you know, kind of good to throw some things back from back in 2015, 16, 17 when he was here before and, uh, you know, just talked to him about one of the questions I asked him was about, you know, him and Ryan Pulley used to constantly talk trash to each other. And I didn't know if that was something that he liked to do or if it was a pulley thing. Turns out it was a pulley thing and they just kind of just kept going at it. But there was always something when he was hired, a lot of the players from around that era was like, you know, 
the trash talking between Dan Enos and Ryan Pulley was pretty legendary, but apparently that was just kind of an isolated thing between those two. Uh, but, you know, I asked him that. Dan's a pretty serious guy when he gets up at the podium sometimes, and I think that kind of loosened him up a little bit. And he, uh, he gave us a lot of good stuff, I thought, just about – you know, where they feel about the guys that they have, the, you know, the offensive line. And again, I I think it's, I think it's interesting when you're talking to these coaches and they always mention the defensive line. And that's something that has jumped out to me. I've I've talked about it before, nine seniors on the defensive line. I feel like they could go three deep and that's not even really counting Ian Giffard, who I think before it's said and done, he'll, he'll have a say in in things. He's just so big. Uh, But that's certainly encouraging. You know, we talk about all the things on defense you know, how's the secondary going to be, linebackers and such. But, man, when you've got a defensive line, it, it really makes things a lot easier on the defense. You, you know, Trey, I'm, I'm a quarterback guy. I'm sitting here just itching to ask you a quarterback question. Mm-hmm. KJ, I mean, that, that's you don't have to go far to uh, be an Arkansas fan and, and, and respect what he's done in his time here. But, yeah. you know, you, you a lot of that has been in a no-huddle system. It's been in a fast-paced system. You look at him, and he, you know, he's a great option guy in reading, and and he's a great runner. And then mm-hmm. you go Dan Enos. Uh, yeah. You know, I, you think back to what he did with Brandon Allen and Austin Allen, and had a lot of success with them, but very different players. Slows it down, get in the huddle, and you don't want to pigeonhole KJ as a, as as what type of player is he, but is he. You know, how how does he maneuver? How does he play in this system? And does he know, you know, style affect the the way and how we've seen K.J. play? Well, he seems really pleased with him so far. And just from what I see, I think he's throwing the ball well. I think, uh, you know, from Dan with, you know, him being, you know, Dan coached seven NFL quarterbacks that were, you know, playing last year in the NFL. So he's got he's got a pretty nice pedigree. I think some of the technical aspects of things he can help KJ with. You know, Tyler, something I think is interesting, you know, when you were a freshman, do you remember it, it was I felt like it was kind of difficult for you at first taking snaps under center. I feel like that was something that you had to, well, you know, kind of adjust to coming from high school. Am I right in that? Well, why do I ask the question? I asked the question <laughs> because I'm going, "Oh my gosh, well, how, how would it affect me?" And, yeah, and you know, I said this at the at the countdown to kickoff the other night, uh, Randy. I, I said, you know, one of my biggest concerns, uh, and, and I had to play different than Ryan Mallett did mm-hmm. because I needed mm-hmm. to play fast to, to be comfortable in the system. And if I wasn't playing in that system, you know, I, I felt really uncomfortable slowing things down. And uh, you know, rhythm is a real thing with quarterbacks. You get in a rhythm, and when you when you're not playing fast, sometimes you don't have that rhythm. Mm-hmm. You know, Petrino used to say, I remember one time at the press conference, I think maybe right before you'd start your, you know, your junior year, he said, uh, you know, I'm getting on to Tyler about this and this choice and this decision he made. And then we go back and look at the numbers and he's 28 to 30 <laughs> you know, in practice. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on on uh, on what worked for you best. Absolutely. I thought what was interesting that Dan said today about taking snaps under center and how he kind of feels like you do a disservice to quarterbacks by starting them off in the shotgun. He thinks it should be the other way. You work, you work on taking snaps under center, center that gets your, your balance, your rhythm, timing, all of those things, and then you go from there and work the shotgun. And he thinks it's really important, you know, even if you're not an offense that, that takes snaps under center a lot, in the offseason – to do that, to work on that, and also, you know, how it can prepare you for the next level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something that they've worked on with KJ. Not that they're going to be under center a whole lot with him, 
but they will do it some. There's some things that they do offensively that, that work better like that. But from what he's saying about KJ right now is that he's it sounds like he's just kind of got it down, down pat. And he's certainly very experienced. Obviously it's a different offense. When you go from those up tempo spread to, you know, more of the pro style attack, which, you know, we think of pro style as an eye formation, you know, back in the day, but now I thought he made a good point about, you know, you look at the I don't think it was uh, actually Cody Kennedy who said that, but you look at uh, you know the Super Bowl with the uh, with the Chiefs and the and the Eagles. That's a pro style offense, and that's kind of what Arkansas wants to do. So uh, they will take snaps under center, but not not that much. But it, I thought it was interesting how he talked about the timing of everything and and balance and and all of that stuff um, from operating under center and and kind of how he feels like young quarterbacks are are done a bit of, of a disservice from that standpoint. Let's uh, – J.W.'s been holding. Trey's got a question for you. J.W., good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey Biddy. I do, but I don't know if he'll be able to answer it, but I can give it a shot. Uh, my question is – I have a two questions. First question is about um, – I don't know how much practice you're able to see or what kind of schemes and stuff at, at position at times. Like, we struggled very, very bad in the red zone last year. Yes. Um, do you get to see a lot of the ends up? Like, do we look better? Can you gauge anything? Do we look more sound? I mean, mm-hmm. how, I just don't know how you gauge from regular practice and game, but do we look any better around the red zone? I mean, is there any issues with that? Because that that was our hang-up last year. And my it second was. question is, is my second question is, and I'll hang up at this because I have to look to you on the app. So I'm a coach, too, here at Batesville, and i got to coach Saturday So for Little League. I'm not able to be here when the game starts because we start our game. Okay, I know it's going to be on the SEC Plus, whatever. I've never watched anything on that, never had to. But do, do they replay that after, or is that like a one-time thing, or can you record it? If you have the, if you have the SEC Network app, it will be on there afterwards. Okay, so they'll replay you won't it. be able you won't be able to record it, but they will they will put it up. Okay, all right, guys, thank you. Yeah, you you will be able to to access that. As far as what we are able to see in practice, we get about I think today we probably had about thirty four thirty five minutes worth of practice. So uh, you know they usually go about two hours, so we don't get to see all of the stuff not not close to it, but probably average about thirty minutes a day uh, for practice. The, as far as live tackling and things, the most the most physical stuff that I've witnessed so far is just the thud up periods, just thud up, and they do two on two slot cover, you know, half line stuff, where they're just working one side of the field, and they do red zone, low red zone, uh, with that stuff. They do it from you know 60 yards out. Uh, so, the problems for me, and I think everybody saw, it wasn't you know so much just the the passing game, as you know, it's fourth and one. You've got one of the best lines in the SEC and a 245-pound quarterback and a 230-pound running back, and you can't get it, and it happened time and time again. So those are the things that I'm not able to see. I always, in fall camp, just try to focus kind of on individuals, see, you know, how a guy looks individually going through his drills and things like that, see if I like the player. Um, But as far as, like, going team – lining up at the goal line, the offensive line versus the defensive line, and, you know, hey, it's got to have it. Yeah, they don't, they don't let us see that. 
Let's talk with Savage. Savage, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. Yes, sir. And Tyler, welcome to the show. Uh, you'll get used to some of us. We're in an eclectic uh, bunch of callers, so I hope you're ready <laughs> an, for it. An acquired taste, yes. <laughs> eclectic, yeah. that's a good word. So, yeah, Trey, you talked about the coach speak. Watching the defense, is it is it coach speak? And then we talk about wins and losses. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you seeing, you know, for this defense? At wins, worst, I, at worst, wins. I think this is a – at worst, I think this is an average SEC team at worst. And, it's again, I keep saying this. It's so difficult now because you're able to bring in, like Arkansas did, 18 transfers, 17 now with, with Brathwaite being gone. So 17 transfers that you yep. just plug. I mean, every single one of those guys are going to play a major role. But, again, Auburn brought in 22 transfers. Ole Miss brought in 27 transfers. LSU brought in 14 transfers. How are those guys fitting into their systems? Do they bring in the right fits? There's just, it's just such an unknown now because of how able you you know you're you don't have a redshirt freshman stepping into a role. It's rare to have a freshman. You know, it, you might have a like a couple of freshmen on this team that are you know going to play a significant impact versus you know seven eight nine like you would have in a lot of years. So the landscape has just changed right. so dramatically. I can just I just know that I look at this team and think, wow, nine senior defensive linemen, three deep. I think they've got a quality set of linebackers. I don't know if it's a great group of linebackers, but I think it's a good group. I think the secondary is, without a doubt, going to be better than they were last year. They just they just are. Please. I think that, yeah, please. The defensive uh, coach comes out and says, we got dudes on that side of the ball. Oh, he's right. Guys, have a good one. Welcome to the show, Tyler. Good to be here. Yeah, so, but, I mean, overall, I can say, in my opinion, I think at worst, I think I feel like they got an average SEC team at worst. So if they're average SEC team, they should win their four non-conference games, and they should go four and four in conference. And then it's just a matter of, you know, how the ball bounces. If you if you get five or more, you know, you got to have a little luck in this game. I mean, Tyler, you know that as much as anybody. You got to be lucky here and there. To I mean, just about everybody who ever won a national championship had something happen along the way that they had to have happen to get there. And I'm not saying Arkansas can win a national championship, but to have what we would consider a quality season at Arkansas, they're going to have to have a bounce go the right way. Last year, they really struggled to get those. A lot of it's because of what we talked about earlier, problems in the goal line, problems in short yardage. Again, four losses last year by a total of nine points. Those are kicks. And it's some of that's decisions that you make. Do we go for it here? Do we kick it? You know, all those kinds of things play in. It's just such a razor-thin margin. And, you know, again, if you – those four games that they lost, if they split those games like they did the year before, it's a nine-win team. Well, depending on who they played in the bowl game, but if they won the bowl game, it's a nine-win team and ranked in the top 25 and everybody's feeling, hey, good, back-to-back nine-win seasons. They're preseason top 25 again this year. It's just just a few things here and there. Well, we will never know. Just a matter of inches what – the season would have been had that field goal attempt by Cam Little yeah, not A&M. hit the crossbar because that yep. would have been what three and zero the upright the top of the upright, the upright. yeah you know Randy yeah. one of my biggest things when you when you're breaking down a season you break it into four quarters just like a game sure and you know you, Arkansas definitely has a chance to start three and zero and then you get into the gauntlet right but you know how big Trey I mean just while you're on here. BYU, the third game of the season, is not a give-me. 
I mean, that's a, that's. I mean, I know we played them at BYU last year. We mm-hmm. played them tough, but that's a, that's going to be a tough football game, and I, really one of the first home games that I think you'll see a, a big crowd at, and it'll yeah. feel like an SEC environment. But you know, I think that game just personally sets the tone for this entire season. But uh, you know, Trey, do, do you get any sense just being around the team, the locker room, when you get a when you get the schedule? What's what's the one that the coaching staff has on their radar? We, we, this is going to set the tone for the season. Well, I think LSU. I mean, now I don't. I'm not saying they're jumping over games and stuff like that, but you know, I know that there's been just from sources a lot of people talking about how big that LSU game is. Uh, on the road, opening SEC place, kicking off a four-game, basically a four-game road stretch if you count the Dallas game, you know, where you're the home team. So that stretch of games right there. BYU is interesting because, you know, Arkansas went up there and whipped them pretty good last year. They've got a new quarterback, Caden Slovis, who used to be at USC, was at Pitt last year, uh, but was a starter at USC. Um, they've they've done some work in the transfer portal also, um, you know, with skill players, linemen, all kinds of things. So they've done a lot of work. But, you know, I always think that, you know, Arkansas went up there in their backyard and put it on them. Well, what's Arkansas's mindset going to be? Are they going to have the right focus and mindset? And there's a lot of new players on this team, so that would probably help. But, you know, is it going to be, you know, we can go through the motions and and take care of this team versus BYU wanting to enact a little bit of revenge? Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I think Arkansas has a better team than they do last year. But it's, I think it's possible that BYU has a better team, too. Got to ask this real quick before you go, Trey. Both, B-O-T-H, he is one of Brooks Both. Brooks yeah, number 43. Is he a walk-on? Yes, okay. he's a walk-on linebacker. Okay, very good. Thank you, Trey. We will uh, talk to you tomorrow. That's Trey Biddy of hogsports.com being brought to you by Asher Record Service Company.